velvety soft bath hands and some real thud in the back, leading to moments like this and McConaughey, and he's snaking his way through, and in Clark to Glanville, fucking a singer is standing, waiting, pouncing. Big Joel makes his a double. Oh, he's gone through on his own. Josh Matabesi, ender of worlds, destroyer of walls. Spencer whips it away. Beautifully done. Gavin scores. The two young bucks who underline their love of this place earlier in the week. Orlando Bailey and Max Ajomo conspire in thrilling fashion. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug. The rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black, and white. My name is Gabriel, Gabriel, and again this week I am delighted to be joined by huge Bath fan, friend of the podcast, regular guest at this point, Henry at the Bath Badger on Twitter. Henry, I'm shocked you agreed to join me again this week after the horror show of a 40 minute chat we had last week. Thank you very much for coming on again. A pleasure to be here. Yeah, a glutton for punishment. I'm not really sure what I'm doing, but um, answered an SOS and delighted to be here with you. <laughs> yeah, Tom um, Tom pulled out of this one at, at last minute uh, notice. So thank you for joining me on such short notice. And yeah, he, he's um, Tom not being able to stomach a, another Tigers defeat. So thank you, Henry, for, for stepping in. Um, and I think we're going to kind of keep it to three rules this podcast we're going to try and keep it a little bit shorter than normal. I don't want to try and labour the same points that, that we've laboured because, yeah, I do want to kind of make it through the week and give some more, second rule, kind of give some more overall thoughts on the game um, and not really delve into each individual Leicester try that we conceded because having just rewatched it this Tuesday evening, the joys of the podcast rewatch, I don't think I can do that to myself. And maybe try and pick out some some new things that we think went wrong and maybe went right on Saturday. Of course, the 48-27 defeat to Leicester Tigers at the Mattioli Woods Welford Road on Saturday afternoon. This podcast, of course, brought to you by Black and White Butchers. Tom Dunn's Black and White Butchers. Next home game, do check out their stand next to the Swift Half. And on Sunday, after the England-France game, the 12th of March, Tom Dunn's Black and White Butchers is feeding the England camp post that game. So if it's good enough for Manu Tuolangi and Ellis Genge and those guys, then it's definitely good enough for you on a match they do go and check that out. And I don't know about you, but but I kind of left this weekend with a bit of a weird overall feeling. The league, the premiership is not perfect, but it's absolutely crazy league. Um, you saw the results, the Bristol result on Friday night, the Harlequins performance on Saturday against Exeter at Twickenham, the game on Saturday against the top two sides. There's just results that you just don't see coming. There's points, there's all sorts going on. But it almost feels like I'm watching the French League or I'm watching Super Rugby because it doesn't feel like a league that I've got a team in. Because Bath are so far adrift of these sides and they're not in this league. It would just be nice for, for Bath to kind of feel as though they're actually part of the premiership because the way that they're playing at the moment, rooted to the bottom of the table, we're not we're not involved. And it's such kind of depressing feeling watching this incredible rugby, but not really feeling a part of it. 
Yeah, it's a really good point. And I completely agree. I think, you know, having obviously watched a lot more Bath games than, than any other club, but as you said, the the attacking rugby that's on show, the entertainment, um, you know, you look at big game on on Saturday, the, the show that Quinn's put on, I think they're the only premiership team that has the word entertainment in their doctrine and their mantra. And that is so key to them attracting supporters to that event. Um, and you're absolutely right. We're playing a completely different sport almost uh, than what we're witnessing. I mean, the early stages at, at Welford Road on Saturday, the, the crowd were laughing <laughs> at the kick tennis and jeering and cheering every successful kick. It was absolutely bonkers compared to, yeah, all other matches we've seen in, in recent weeks and months. And yeah, it's, uh, it, it is almost watching like watching a different league. And yeah, it's such a shame such a disappointment that we're we're not in the mix because I think every team down to sort of ninth place is in that mix for the playoffs and fairly evenly matched with the teams above them apart from perhaps the top two which which seem in a, a class apart but yeah we're we're playing a completely different game we are playing a completely different game and, and yeah it feels like we're in a completely different league like we're not in contention for anything and and we're just not it's another completely wasted season, two on a bounce now, and, and, and probably going to finish bottom twice in a row. Although we did gain some ground against Newcastle, who didn't play on Saturday, and we ended up with our four-try bonus point. Um, and I think you asked on last week's podcast, Henry, or you implored Bath to play a little bit more rugby. Do you think we actually saw that? We We did score four tries, but... I don't know if it really felt like we played loads of rugby. No, I mean, I, I do, do actually think, yeah, I, I agree. I think we actually played a little bit more rugby, but that doesn't necessarily mean much from what we've mm. we've seen from the whole season. We we obviously scored the first try of the game, which was, I'm sure, as much of a shock to you as it was <laughs> to me in terms of um, we actually were a little bit clinical in, in that respect and it was a good finish from from Gallagher but yeah I mean where we're falling down time and time again is just the the accuracy in the red zone in the 22 I think our points per visit in the 22 has to be the worst in the league uh, just with that set piece and the line out which I'm sure we'll go on to again sadly not working we just um, yeah we can't convert and, and we still seem short on ideas, our attacking play stumbles, the ball is still too slow. Um, but yeah, we, we didn't end up scoring four tries. And a part of me in the second half, when McNally went over straight after halftime, a part of me <laughs> remembered years gone by when Bath might stage a remarkable comeback. And we have sort of seen glimpses of it over the last couple of years, but but sort of the, the ease at which McNally scored that try with a little bit of quick ball you did think, okay, can we get back in this? And we'd somehow, a bit like sail away, managed to get within, I think, 14 points at one stage, which mm. after the car crash of the yellow cards in the first half, again, we'll come on to. But yeah, there was a bit of me that thought we could come back into it. But then reality um, soon became pretty apparent that, that, that we were going to get well beaten. We were well beaten, weren't we? We were well beaten in that first half after the Gallagher try with with the ill-discipline that we showed two yellow cards, two 
integral members of the pack down, down to 13 men, Dunn and McNally with those yellow cards. And I think they scored three tries, three converted tries during that period, which which is a deficit we we never clawed back. And the lineup was was comical again and, and, and summed up nicely by Benno Urbano's line out, which you may not have seen listeners because this was a PR TV game and, and you may not have put yourself through the uh, another bar to feet, but it but it it was it was comical. Dunn was obviously off the field and Urbano was going to throw it in and, and and they just had no idea what what they were meant to be doing. Urbano threw it extremely not straight and miles over the top. And Bath didn't put a jumper up. It looked like the people within the line-out thought it was going to be a little short one, a little pop at the front. And Abano fires probably the biggest throw he can throw over. And, and that just kind of, I actually kind of laughed out loud. And, and that just sums up the ineptitude of, of the line-out. And we don't need to go into it in, in any more detail. It's it's complete and utter fast, the, the Bath line-out. And has been all season. Spencer did score a nice try uh, and, and a nice clean pair of heels shown to Ben Youngs to, to kind of make it 31-13 at half time. But but despite that early McNally try, we we were kind of never in the game and and Henry kind of never when it rains, it pours. And in that second half, not only did we we see the chances of the game slipping away, but also some some really devastating injuries to to some of the bath forwards, which yeah, which which was really upsetting injuries to Kutsia Underhill. Barbary and Stewart, I mean, Jesus, that is such bad news. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you'd named a <laughs> yeah, quartet of, of players that you wouldn't want to get injured, they all of those would be really high up on the list. And, and many of them have struggled with long-term injuries. And, you know, particularly, you know, Will Stewart, we've barely seen him this season. Two serious injuries has got back, played for England in the autumn, then dislocated his elbow and... You know that's quite an innocuous incident. That's um, that's really bad luck. And then obviously Barbary, who ironically in the seven minutes he was on the field actually gave us some go forward that mm. we could only have dreamed of in the rest of the season. He sort of instantly made an impact in that in that ball carrying perspective. And again, Sears again another player that we've we've seen precious little game time with since he arrived at Bath beginning last season. We've we've seen less than three or four games of him for his potential. So yeah, when it rains, it pours, as you said, when you need a little bit of luck, when you need, when your backs are against the wall and then that happens uh, to your key forwards. And again, Underhill's been played with some, some serious concussions, head knocks, other injuries. Again, we, we haven't seen him back to full strength yet this season. And again, see him go off with a head injury was particularly sad to be honest. Concerning for, for Underhill, another head injury. He failed his HIA. Kutsia failed HIA. Stewart failed HIA. So when the medical report that Bath released on Monday from their um, head of medical, Rory Murray, um, was released, those guys were still within that concussion protocol. So unclear whether they will be available for Northampton Saints on Friday, but but probably unlikely. And yeah, for Underhill, it's it's a massive setback again. He just keeps getting them. And every time it, it does, you just kind of worry about, about his long-term future. And, and Barbary, you're right. It was just so, so disappointing because in those seven minutes, he carried two or three times and they were the best carries we've seen by Bath number eight all season, just in traffic, 
getting over the game line, which we just don't have from the base. And it was a carry from the base that that resulted in his knee injury, a, a nice carry from the base and kind of jarred his his right knee, not related to the hamstring injury that that has ruled him out for um for the start of the season when when he was with Wasps and and, and when he joined from Bath. But kind of the yeah, it does feel like the best predictor of future injuries is kind of previous injuries and, and Bath players have been plagued by that for, for a few years now and his reaction when he went off was yeah one of devastation he, he kind of clearly felt like it was relatively serious and, and listening to Johan van Gran afterwards he confirmed that he thought it was quite serious so a scan from him this week will confirm the extent of that but yeah it was really really frustrating one for for those forwards to to go off and McConaughey also went off. I thought it was interesting, Henry, that when McConaughey went off, they decided to bring on Schroeder despite having a Joma on the bench and Ben Spencer actually went to fly half and Schroeder came into scrum half with Bailey moving back to fullback. Do you think that's something they're maybe thinking of trialing, trying to get Schroeder into the game, but also trying to keep Spencer's leadership on the field? I think it's, again, we, 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 we talked about it last week, the yeah the just not clear I think in the in the plan and I think that there's too much toing and froing with these replacements I know we've uh talked about the six two to death but I think when you've only got such limited resources on the bench and one of them's a scrum half and you know Ben Spencer typically will play 70 minutes who's your skipper you're really restricting uh what you can do off the bench. And equally, if you get an injury to an outside back and you've got a centre on the bench as well, then you're going to have to do all sorts of reshuffling. Uh, I mean, I know we were talking about Schroeder starting. I thought actually when he came on, the, the game control, we lost it a little bit. He was he was pretty slow uh, considering we were chasing a game. I remember one box hit going, but in the air I hope, I hope we're not trying it to be honest I, I know Orlando seems to have lost a lot of confidence but you know we have to remember this time last year he was in the England squad he was playing well for us he started the season as we are I still think um, he's a young guy we need to back him rather than messing around with with Ben Spencer at 10 I think he's still our best nine given a platform of go forward ball which frankly he hasn't been given I still think he he could tear up trees for us in, in next season so not something i I want to see this experiment and I, I, equally I'm, unless it's a really physical side and you could argue that Leicester are a really physical side and it worked for us magnificently in November with a 6-2 bench but I just don't see the point in going for a 6-2 bench for every single game. Yeah, I agree on the 6-2 bench. We definitely touched on it last week and whilst we needed a lot of back row replacements this week, that's definitely out of the ordinary and a number of times Schroeder's come on and, and one of the two scrum passes gone out of position is is countless kind of since we started to do that so it's strange and yeah go back to, to 5-3 please for, for Northampton Saints on Friday um, Fergus Lee Warner did score our fourth try Henry to, to kind of wrap up the score and make it 48-27 that was an, a nice little break and passes and, and, and bust from Warner in the corner I was yeah I was going to say he was probably the most impressive Bath player on the day and that's the first time we've seen him at flanker obviously he was picked for an extra line option that was my thinking when when I saw the team I thought you know he's gonna 
bolster the line out because frankly we don't really have any out and out jumpers apart from him so I think that was a plan obviously the line out still didn't function but I actually thought his work rate around the park we actually saw a lot more ball carrying in wider channels from him than yeah. is normally the case as a second row he's, he's normally in really heavy traffic but yeah the way he absolutely bumped off Whiteley gave a sort of wry smile at the end of the afternoon that we were we were coming away with a point and scoring four tries which we haven't seen since October last year so that was something to cling on to going forward yeah only our third try bonus point of the season we had one against Saracens as you say on the 15th of October and we just looked it up but my mind is going blank we had one on the 1st of October against Irish away London Irish away in which they we might have scored four I think it was five but I think they scored seven or eight on the day but yeah I guess I guess that was a positive and I agree on on the performance of Lee Warner I think he's been excellent as as we've touched on um probably Bart's best player and the seven minutes of Barbara were promising but but clearly clearly not enough it was good to see the Glanville back as well I thought I thought he was good from the back and um, there was a hell of a lot of kicking and I thought he his battle with Mike Brown was was quite an even one in, in that department so a couple of positives there from me but I do feel like on the day we were just well beaten by a far better side I think they probably did almost everything better than us. I think the control of the game, their kicking, their forwards, their set piece, their kind of game line dominance, their clinicality. I don't think you could point at one key thing, key kind of determining factor in a game and say that Bath actually edged that. And yeah, I think that that's borne out on, on a pretty heavy scoreline. And yeah, I think overall when you consider the injuries and the devastation of those injuries, it's got to be a pretty terrible day um, to be a Bath fan and, and yeah, notching them up certainly this season. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I completely agree. We were well beaten. There was some gloss added to the scoreboard. Leicester scored a free try. You'll see that once every 10 years. For those that haven't seen it, um, Bath and Leicester were in a typical game of ping pong ball being exchanged down the field with kicks and then yeah Leicester um, tried to clear their lines I think it was Orlando Bailey uh, went for the charge down got his fingertips and Matt Scott it couldn't have landed in his hands um, better 45 metres upfield and just a couple of passes and they were scoring under the sticks which which was freakish you you can't count for that in, in that exchange but equally the damage was done those 31 points in the first half I thought Pollard is now coming into his own, particularly during this international period where uh, being a South African, he's not involved in any international competition. So he's he's a real highlight for them. And he, the way he controlled things, put them around the park, unleashed their backs. But yeah, we, we were well beaten. I find sort of with Bath at the moment, you put us under any sort of pressure, go through three, four phases, particularly anything involving a line break and we will concede a penalty I've lost count the amount of times that we were offside on Saturday mm-hmm. um, and yeah those those two yellow cards completely killed the game like it did against London Irish uh, those three tries knocked us for six and we never recovered yeah I think we, we were well beaten the, yeah by a good you know 15 points easily so yeah 
Pollard is a great player, especially when he's got a four-pack going forward like he did on Saturday. Yeah, he, he was the best player on the pitch, him and maybe Montoya as well. Whisper it quietly, but that's the sort of fly-half we need. <laughs> well, he, he suits their, their game style. You know, he, Leicester's still playing the very typical Steve Borthwick game, the, the nasty pack. Um, I mean, they play quite pragmatic rugby, but mm. they do know how to, to turn it on as well. And he, he fits that mould perfectly because that is his game for South Africa. That's what they've been playing for the last five, six years. But equally, when they need to score a try, they, they have the ability, they have the players to do it. I know they've got Dad's army in the back line, but yeah, the way they cut us open for, for one of the tries in the first half with some slick back into play. Like they, they do have the ability to do that. They won the league based on that last year. And yeah, he suits their style of play perfectly. Obviously he's been injured for a huge amount of time, but now at the sort of business end of the season, that's when he's coming into his own. That's why they've paid the, the mega money for him. Mm, yeah. A, a wonderful player and Leicester absolutely deserving of, of their pretty comfortable win. And, and they kind of march on with, with plenty of, Playoff hopes and that playoff battle is is really heating up and we're taking on Henry on Friday night, a team who currently hold that much sought-after fourth position, Northampton Saints, coming off the back of an absolute thumping at Ashton Gate. Bath have been there many times themselves. Bath rarely bounce back from those thumpings. Do you think Northampton Saints are primed for a bit of a backlash against a pretty poor bar side, as we've highlighted on Friday? Yeah, I mean, obviously that that result on Friday at Ashton Gate was completely against the form book. Obviously, Bristol had beaten us the week before, but had shown no <laughs> no glimpse of scoring sixty points, let alone twenty points. They this was the Bristol of the year they got to the Premiership final two years ago. The the dazzling rugby, the skill levels were just on a different planet. It, it, it all clicked for Bristol, and everything went wrong for Saints and. Everyone's been saying about Saints for the last sort of three, four years, they've got the Rolls-Royce backs, but they haven't been able to uh, muscle up in the forwards and that that showed again. But at home at Franklin's Gardens in the best pitch in the league where they've scored stacks and stacks of points this season, I think they'll be hurting. I think they'll want to put on a show for their fans. And yeah, I sadly predict that they'll be back to their glittering best and will fail to deal with it and Notch up some more yellows. <laughs> Highly likely, yeah. I think, you know, Bath might win, but there's absolutely no reason why they should win. There is no logic to, to why they should win. So I'm frankly not going to kind of insult the intelligence of the listener who I'm sure has also watched a lot of pretty bad Bath performances this season and try and come up with some way in, in which Bath can get into this game because, yeah, every kind of, Form book, logic, eye test, points towards another Saints victory and another disappointing Bath performance. If we can get a, a, some sort of bonus point, um, Newcastle have got a difficult fixture away at Exeter, who themselves got, got thumped on Saturday. Everyone else, everyone seems to be either coming off the thumping or or kind of giving the thumping, which is the, the nature of the league at the moment. But yeah, maybe we can get a bonus point and, and kind of draw level on points with Newcastle. But but I think that's the best we can hope for um, with Ted Hill back in contention. Another difficult one, Henry. Thank you so much for joining me. I, I really do appreciate it. Owe oh, you a pint when we're next 
at the wreck um hopefully in kind of better spirits than, than we are tonight i hope bath fans and listeners that we've captured the kind of feeling amongst you and, and that wasn't too negative i think it's really difficult to find positives at the moment at the start of the season there may have been positives in the changes that van graham was was introducing and the improved defense that ferrero was marshalling but it hasn't got any better since kind of christmas and yeah, I'm finding it quite tough to to be positive about this team and, and a big summer is coming up. But I will be sticking behind the boys as I implore you Bath fans to do through thick and thin.